It's time to drop the gloves. Welcome to a podcast where we drink beer, talk sports, and have all kinds of shenanigans. And speaking of shenanigans, it is Clean the Beer Fridge Out Month. And I am going to start things off by cracking open a Rolling Rock Extra Pale out of uh, Latrobe Brewing Company, which is in... Read the can first, Charlie. Why don't you? <laughs> uh, St. Louis, Missouri. So, crack it. This is the last Rolling Rock in the fridge. Rich, if you are listening, I am sorry I took it. Uh, but then again, you uh, you can get Rolling Rock at any uh, probably liquor store or uh, convenience store near you. Uh, maybe, depending on where you live. But I have the last Rolling Rock. I'm going to go through at least another two beers, uh, announce, them, announce them later after the breaks. I want to know about the breaks, guys. I tried it. It's something new I'm doing. Um, I don't want to, uh, you know, edit the podcast where I take a sip every so often or whatever, you know, like this. There's going to be dead air. I mean, that's like four or five seconds for a really good sip, by the way. And I love Rolling Rock, one of one of my favorite light beers, uh, one of my favorite macro light beers. There are other light beers that I like. The Braxton Garage is very light, like that one. Um, Guinness, another light beer. People say it's not light because of the color. You guys are wrong. I'm sorry. People in Ireland will disagree with you. It's 4% alcohol by volume. It's less than a Budweiser. I mean, Budweiser's five. Guinness is four. It's a light beer. Budweiser is light in and of itself. Don't get me wrong. However, I digress. See, shenanigans. Never know what the heck is going to come out of my mouth, and I don't either. That's what makes this show fun. So, we got a lot to talk about, guys. Uh, we got NHL hockey. We got World Championship uh, international hockey. We got NFL schedules was released. And... We got, uh, let's see here, uh, we have a little story from the Major League Baseball world that has, um, well, it's gone unnoticed on our part here at Drop the Gloves, but it's something I think, you know, we, we should kind of recap. I know the story is probably about mm, two weeks, three weeks old by now, but I do believe that it does deserve some attention. So yeah, got a whole bunch to talk to talk about uh it's going to be mostly uh hockey heavy for those of you who were kind of expecting me to change gears uh my show my rules i get to do whatever the whatever i want talk about whatever i want and yeah drink whatever i want so suck it all right let's drop let's just jump right in jump in with the nhl draft lottery uh i'm gonna try and do this justice for my younger brother daniel um i'm sure he would I'm sure he would absolutely go off on that. I'm sure he would totally go off on this subject. Uh, ba based on what has happened to his franchise or his organization that he loves and follows with a very good passion. Um, but I I'm going to try and do him justice here. So for those of you who are not familiar, the NHL has a draft lottery. And it's essentially the... Um, 16 teams that didn't make it into the uh, postseason, the Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, they have odds on winning the first pick of the uh, 
the upcoming draft. So the draft this year will be take place on uh, June. What is it? June 28th, 29th at Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, Tennessee. Hey, Nashville. So Daniel's team, to remind you guys, or for those of you who are new, his team is the Anaheim Ducks. Going into this past Monday night, they had a 25.5% chance of winning that first draft pick. 25. Second place was the Columbus Blue Jackets at 13.5, Chicago Blackhawks at 11.5 in third place, San Jose 9.5, Montreal 8.5, and the list goes on. And that uh, we we still have Arizona, Philadelphia, Washington, Detroit, St. Louis, Vancouver, Ottawa, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Nashville, and Calgary. Here's the results th that only matter. So the top three teams, Anaheim, Columbus, and Chicago, that was the order going into Monday night. The result ended up being number three, Columbus Blue Jackets. Number two was the Anaheim Ducks. And number one was the Chicago Blackhawks. And I asked my brother before it even happened, hey, do you think it's possible that Anaheim's going to get it? And that, I mean, you guys were the, Anaheim was the worst team this past year. Do you think you're going to get it? To which uh, he replied, no, anybody but Anaheim. And if I was a betting man like my brother, I would have taken that bet and I probably put, would have won a good chunk of change or something because... To be honest, I, I mean, part of me deep down really wanted it to be Anaheim. I mean, my brother and the Anaheim Ducks fans out in California or wherever you guys are, you guys have gone through so much. I mean, I give Arizona so much crap for being the garbage or the cockroach franchise of the NHL. I give them just so much grief because they suck repeatedly, and yet Gary Bettman just absolutely adores them like they're his own kid or something. No, better than his own kid. He actually bails out Arizona probably a whole lot more than he does his own kid, grandkid, nephew, whatever. Probably bails out Arizona way more than he does any family member. Somebody called to Gary Bettman on his phone like, oh, what'd he do now? Oh, he's in jail? Nope, sorry, can't help him. What's that? Arizona's uh, possibly losing their lease to uh, the city of Glendale? I'm on the first plane out. Gary's there. So, but but going back to Anaheim, I mean, you guys, you guys suffer. I mean, Arizona, you expect to suffer. You, ex you expect to lose. You expect to put on this mediocre, subpar, just absolutely trash of an organization, and you're constantly in this draft lottery, constantly. And that... You're always looking for the first pick. You're always in the running somewhere. I mean, Arizona was six and that 7.5% of getting it. And guess what? They stayed at six. They also ended up winning the 12th pick because of the because of a trade with, uh, who is it, uh, Jacob Chichurin and that earlier this year, where if Ottawa would ha would not have placed in the top five of the draft lottery results, which they didn't, they finished 12th, um, if Ottawa would have placed in the top five, they would have kept their draft pick. But since Ottawa didn't land in the top five, then Arizona got their pick. So Arizona's got two first round picks at 
6 and 12 upcoming in the, uh June in June. So Chicago fans, you are probably so excited and uh, I'll get to the minute, I'll get to the reason why you're so excited, but I I want to say first on the presentation. If you guys watched it, now, if you didn't, I'm sure you can find a clip on social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Instagram, or, uh, Twitter, the whatever. And uh, you can you can go out there and find it, probably even on YouTube. And uh, go on there, and they announce who the first, they announce all the teams leading up to who is going to be one and two. And uh, they, they announce all the teams leading up to that point. The, the guy who was presenting, and I, I don't believe this is completely his fault. I believe it is the prop manager. Whoever was in charge of the props for this man to flip over the card to show the team as to who would get the first pick, second pick, whatever. You did the Ducks dirty. Okay? You absolutely did the Ducks dirty. He flips over Chicago and is like all like, you know, suspenseful it's like and with the first pick of the nhl draft lottery is turns over to the card chicago blackhawks and those chicago blackhawks fans go wild and then he turns over the ducks actually doesn't even turn it the right way but then again i don't think it was even placed the right way so i'm blaming the props manager on this one and I'm also kind of thinking, how, I mean, think about how you flipped the last one or all the other ones before it. You couldn't do that with the Anaheim Ducks one? And I, I mean, he had the logo upside down. The D was backwards and upside down. Disgraceful. Absolutely disgraceful. Not, not, only, do you, not only did Chicago with 11.5% chance of getting, I mean, I mean that's, my gosh, I mean, Anaheim, 25.5%, and you lose to a team that had 11.5% chance of winning. I mean, there are underdogs, don't get me wrong, and there are long shots, don't get me wrong. But this should have been clear, cut, simple. I, and there was teams out there that were like, oh, what, what, could, what could the potential first-round draft pick guy do for us? And the guy who the Chicago Blackhawks have... I guess one, the honor or the opportunity of drafting is 17 year old phenom Connor Bedard uh, from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, uh, who has played with uh, Regina, Regina, I don't know, Regina Pats in the WHL, aka the Western Hockey League, since the 2020 2021 season. Uh, this previous season in 2022-2023, uh, he played 57 games, scored 71 goals, 72 assists, and had a total of 143 points with 39 penalty minutes. Uh, and then in the playoffs, he played seven games, recorded 10 goals, 10 assists in those seven games with eight penalty, mi penalty minutes, and the Regina Pats and Bedard were eliminated from the Memorial Cup playoffs by the Saskatoon Blades in seven games. So that is who Chicago has the or has won the opportunity to draft. And Chicago has uh side note, Chicago has won the opportunity to draft the top prospect 
Um, not this is not the first time. This will be the second time in franchise history they get to do this. The very first time was back in 2007 when they selected Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane, who is now part of the New York Rangers. So you can see why Chicago is so excited. However, if Anaheim would have won and should have won, I will say that, should have won the draft lottery. Do you realize how freaking phenomenal the line of Trevor Zigros and Connor Bedard would be? Do you not realize how freaking amazing that line could be? I mean, talk about young prospects. Talk about young talent who is just absolutely, I mean, phenomenal with the puck. Absolutely phenomenal. I mean, think about it. Anaheim's ticket sales would have gone through the roof, just like Chicago's did after they found out. Once Chicago found out that they won the first draft pick, boom, ticket sales through the roof. I mean, it's unfreaking believable how much weight this one guy has. Not all years are like this, where there is one potential guy who absolutely it, it stands out among all the other prospects, and that there's not. And that it's it's not always like this. This guy is absolutely phenomenal. I mean, he is a 17-year-old phenom. He's playing in a premier development prospect league in Western Canada, Western uh, Northwestern part of the United States. And that had 71 goals, 72 assists, and 57 games. I mean, almost two points a game. That means a goal and assist or more, or two goals and or two assists, three I mean, this, this kid is phenomenal, guys. I'm not, I mean, I've seen the highlights. I've seen everybody go on and on about what a big deal this kid is or what he could mean to all these franchises. But the fact that Anaheim got screwed and then not only screwed, but made fun of because the guy on TV couldn't flip the freaking card or couldn't remember how to do it for the 16th time on camera. Apparently, he only has a 15 number block in his head. He can only count up to 15, and then he has to start all over again, and then he has to count 15 plus 15. It's 30. Absolutely dirty what they have done. Absolutely dirty. I do believe Anaheim got screwed. I did not want to say this on my own freaking show, but um, I, I told you guys I didn't believe that certain sports were rigged, fixed, but I do believe that the Super Bowl or at least the NFL is manipulated in some way, shape, or form. Maybe, quite possibly, conspiracy theory that the NHL draft lottery is manipulated in of itself. And that is why I believe Anaheim got screwed. That's why I believe Anaheim was done dirty by the prop guy and by the guy who was announcing the pick. I don't even know the guy's name, but all I know is that he couldn't figure out how to flip a card. And when he looked down, he was like, oh, crap. And he had to turn it over. Seriously, you couldn't figure that out? You did it 15 other times. You couldn't do it one more. You couldn't do it for a 16th time. And by that point, why? Why would you even... I mean, why do you even flip it over? I mean, essentially, we know who the second pick is. Once you announce who the first pick is, we know who the second pick is. But fret not, Anaheim. Try not to fret. Daniel, please try to keep your cool. And uh, 
there are some other top prospects out there. Are there are they to Connor Bedard's kind of caliber? No, not really. Not really. But they are good top prospects. And who knows? I mean, I mean, what I mean, my my suggestion or my question would be, can the Anaheim Ducks trade for the first pick in some way, shape, or form? I mean, if they can't, then okay, we we have to face facts. Connor Bedard is quite possibly going to be going to Chicago. I mean, the GM said he was flabbergasted or just absolutely stunned by by getting the first pick. Um, ticket sales have gone through the roof. Uh, there's now no more discussion about Patrick Kane rejoining the Chicago Blackhawks at any point, and why would he? Or why would the organization even think about it anymore? Um, but just because a guy like Connor Bedard is going to join Chicago, or if he would have joined Anaheim or Columbus or any of the other 13 teams, had he joined, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden that team is a contender. I mean, it, it's going to be a building phase. It's it's still going to be a building, rebuilding phase. I mean, granted, he'll probably be the star of the team, but don't expect Chicago to win the freaking cup next year. And that let the kid grow on you. Let's see how good he really is. And then let's move on from there. Shall we? Anaheim, I'm sorry. Daniel, I'm so sorry. I hope I did you justice here, but I truly believe you got screwed. Anaheim, you got screwed. Guys, I'm going to take a quick break and then enjoy the music. I'm going to call it beer break. I'm going to down the rest of the Rolling Rock, and then I am going to uh, move on to my next beer and the World, the World Hockey Championships that is going on. So we'll be right back after this short break. And we're back. Second round. I have here in my hand the tire ale from New Belgium Brewing Company out of Fort Collins, Colorado. Uh, it is 5.2% alcohol by volume. I did check. The Rolling Rock is 4.4% alcohol by volume. So moved up to 5.2 fat tire. I can't remember when or where I had my first fat tire, but ever since I saw it, tried it, loved it. And it's not a beer I get very often. Um, I don't know why. I mean, it is good. It's just, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm a craft beer guy and I, I like finding more than just, uh, you know, one thing that I like. I mean, love Braxton, love Westside Brewing Company. They're local. Uh, I actually went to uh, Fort Collins, uh, Colorado, a few years ago, um, with my uh, with my wife and uh, see some friends out there. And I we actually drove past the Fat Tire or not Fat Tire New Belgium Brewing Company. Uh, we actually uh, drove right by the brewery, and that it's big. Didn't go in, didn't see it or anything, but uh, I had a fun time out there. 
All right, we move on. The World Hockey Championships that are taking place right now in Finland and Latvia, the two host countries, and that they welcome 16 of the world's top teams. USA obviously are in it, so is Canada. We'll get to Canada and USA rosters in a minute, but real quick, let's go to the groups and the teams that are in each group. We have Group A, made up of Austria, Denmark, Finland, France, Germany, Hungary, Sweden, and U.S. And then in Group B, we have, oh, Canada, you suck. We have Czechia, uh, Kazakhstan, uh, Latvia, Norway, Slovakia, Slovenia, and Switzerland. So that is a grand total of one, two, three, four, five, six, six. So six out of the 16 countries are listeners of Drop the Gloves podcast. All right. Hey, sorry, guys. I'm a homer. You know I'm going to be. And I go USA. For the World Hockey Championships, the uh, National Hockey League players are eligible to play in the World Championship uh, as long as their NHL franchise is no longer involved in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, Finland is the um, defending champions uh, looking to uh, retain their championship. Uh, the tournament goes from May 12th to May 28th. The championship, or the gold medal and the bronze medal games to be played on the 28th. Uh, see here. Uh, they've uh, released the medals and what they look like. Uh, I mean, silver looks cool, but I mean, and hey, Get, stop stop making fun of me already for saying silver looks cool. I'm not I don't want silver. I want gold, baby. USA for gold. And that but silver metal looks okay. The metals are kind of I mean, whoever designs the medals for like these kind of world championships or for the Olympics and everything. I mean, can you at least like, you know, ask for approval or input from I don't know, somebody? And that a fan or just your fellow, like, I don't know, countrymen, women. I mean, can, can't you ask like, hey, we, if you were to compete in the Olympics or in this world event, uh, would you be OK winning this medal if it looked like this? Forget that it's bronze, silver or gold. But would you be OK winning this kind of design? And that I know, they're just weird, but. Then again, that's just me. Who knows? I mean, gold's gold, silver's silver, bronze is bronze. I mean, depending on who you are. So, World Championships is made up of 16 teams that are split into the two round-robin groups of eight, Group A and Group B, who I just mentioned. After each team has played the other seven in their group, the top four teams from each group progress to the quarterfinals. Uh, as is usual, the bottom two teams overall are relegated to Division 1A of the World Championships for the following year. Uh, the promoted teams for next year have already been determined. They are Great Britain, hey, and Poland. Potentially have eight countries who listen to Drop the Gloves in possibly next year's World Hockey Championships. This is awesome. And that, um, 
They finished first and second, respectively, in this year's Division 1A. The quarterfinals will be played cross-group with the first-place team facing the fourth-place team from the opposing group. So first-place team in A, if it's USA, will play the fourth-place team out of Group B. Let's say it's Switzerland. Uh, so that's how that'll go. And then second playing third, except if both Finland and Latvia qualify and would otherwise meet each other. In that scenario, each first place team will play the fourth place team from its own group with the second playing the third. That is just... So wait a minute. Finland and Latvia can't play each other? Because they're host countries? And they're both in... Are they both in different groups? Oh my gosh, did I read that right? Finland's in Group A. Latvia in Group Wow. Okay, that's just weird. That's just weird. All right. Teams will be reseeded for the semifinals based on their group stage performances. If the scores are tied at the end of regulation time, three periods of 20 minutes, a sudden death first goal wins overtime period will be played. This period will last for five minutes in the group stage with teams playing at three-on-three three strength before a best-of-five penalty shot shootout. I wish they would get rid of the shootout. I really wish they'd get rid of the shootout. I mean, I mean I, I've said it before on this show, and I'll say it again. I have your solution, guys. I have your solution. Unlimited overtime. And that there's no clock. You just keep going until somebody scores. Eventually, somebody's going to screw up. Eventually, a team is going to be more tired than the other. Eventually, a puck is going to go in the net. Why do we have to have a shootout? Again, I truly believe that it's all on the stick of the guy who is going to score. The goalie has less than a 50% chance of making the save. He really does. Or or I, I'll I'll do this one. And that Wayne Gretzky was saying something about the shootout on the NHL network or, or Hockey Night in Canada, whichever one, whichever program. He was saying something that if you can't get from center ice to uh, the goal within like seven or eight seconds, because you see a lot of these guys do like uh, the slow, like dangle or whatever. They just, you know, kind of glide in just nonchalantly. And that if you can't get from center ice to the goal or the goal box by seven or eight seconds, then you shouldn't be shooting the puck. I totally agree with that. Now, if you put a clock on the actual shootout clock, that would make people go a little bit, you know, faster in their shot attempt. Uh, unlike, you know, TJ Oshie or I don't know who else is out there. Uh, Kuznetsov, um, man, I'm trying to think of, players who they they just they just absolutely drag it out it's just like okay yeah i'm do, i'm taking a shot woo and then it's like oh i'm getting close dance with the puck eat fake and score and uh, yeah it's like come on i mean if you're going to do that then yes the goalie has absolutely almost no shot of making the save unless he absolutely can read your mind and know exactly what move or ge or deke or fake or whatever you're going to do so but yeah let's get rid of the shootout guys come on come on let's just let's just do an unlimited overtime 
The length of the overtime period in the quarterfinals, semifinals, and bronze medal game is 10 minutes before a shootout. In the gold medal game, the overtime period will be 20 minutes long. See, that's better. With no shootout, multiple overtime periods will be played until a goal is scored. That is so much better. So much better. Why can't we do that? Why can't we do that? No shootout in the gold medal game? Thank you. It's almost like they were listening or something. My gosh. All right. So that's the playoff format. Let's get to teams. Because this is where the next rant is. So my brother, who is big on the world hockey stage, he is the international hockey correspondent or he is such a huge fan of the world championships. He follows it way more than I do. He follows prospects, world prospects, a whole lot more than me. I only follow the actual sport that is at hand. So he sent me the roster on Instagram a few, uh, I'll say it was earlier this week, earlier this past week. And he was like, who the F are these guys? And I was like, yeah, I, I agree with you. Who are these guys? Because I only recognize like maybe three to four guys on the USA roster. And you have Alex Tuck uh, from the Buffalo Sabres, former Vegas Golden Knight. You have, let's see here, who else? Anders Bjork from the Chicago Blackhawks. Have um, Nick Benino from the Pittsburgh Penguins. And then there was one more. Who was it? Oh, Connor Garland from the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, those four names stood out to me the most because it was like I knew they were from the NHL. So let's go down the list, shall we? We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. We have 13 players on the roster who are from the NHL. The others are from AHL, and I think I did see a college. No, I saw two. There's Boston University, Boston College, and, yep, that's it. So we got two guys who are coming out of college, and we have everybody else who is from the AHL. So essentially, this is a prospects team. Let's go to Canada, shall we? Oh, my gosh. Look at all of these major NHL players. Oh, but there's one prospect, Adam Fantilli, out of University of Michigan. If I butchered the name, I'm sorry. But at the same time, you're Canadian, so not sorry. Sorry, spoke too soon. One guy out of the AHL. So mostly, Canada just stacked the lineup, as usual. Why should we expect anything different from these guys? Seriously. I know I haven't gotten into any fights, but I know my brother has gotten into plenty of fights. And that with Can with people who love Canada, are from Canada, root for Canada, whatever, he's gotten into so many fights where he has, like, poked the Maple Leaf bear and was like, oh, so you guys don't think you can win without NHL players because this is the same country that didn't like the fact that the NHL wasn't going to allow NHL players to go to the Olympics a couple years ago. But now that they've worked out some sort of deal for the next uh, collective bargaining agreement with the NHLPA, it's going to happen again, which I still don't like. Come on, Gary, grow a backbone. Um, so you have Jacob Middleton from the Minnesota Wild. 
Joseph Pierre Oliver from Schittsburg, Cody Glass, Nashville, Jack McBain, Arizona, Milan Luchik from Calgary. Luch, I still love you, but uh, you're you played for the enemy. Peyton Krebs, uh, Buffalo Sabres, Justin Barron, Montreal Canadiens, Scott Lafton. <laughs> laughed and Philadelphia Flyers. Hey, Philly. Sorry, Philly. Um, Jack Quinn, Buffalo Sabres, Devon Levi, Buffalo Sabres, Joel Hofer, St. Louis Blues, Samuel Mont Montembult. I hope that's I hope I'm saying that right. Montreal Canadiens, Mackenzie Weger, Calgary Flames, Tyler Myers, Vancouver Canucks, Jake Neighbors, St. Louis Blues, Law Lawson Cruz. Arizona Coyotes, Tyler Toffoli, Calgary Flames, Ethan Bear, Vancouver Canucks, Brad Hunt, Colorado Avalanche, Samuel Blay, or Blaze, or Blaze? Samuel Blaze, Blay, or ugh. St. Louis Blues, he's probably French Canadian, and Joe Valino from the Detroit Red Wings. So everyone except two players are from the NHL. Now, granted, it could be a whole lot worse. Could be a whole lot worse. They could have Sidney Crosby. I mean, if Edmonton wasn't in right now, they could have uh, Connor McDavid. I mean, it could be so much worse than what I just read. But at the same time, it's still bad because Canada once again has stacked their lineup with all these NHL talent, and they're like, yeah, go Canada, go Canada. But the minute that they can't have NHL players the minute, I guarantee you, the minute they find out that NHL players aren't allowed to compete in some sort of, you know, world championship tournament, um, the World Cup of Hockey, which could be coming up in another few years or whatever. As soon as they find out that NHL players aren't allowed to compete in something like that or the Olympics, they absolutely freak out and think they are not going to place. In the tournament, they absolutely believe the worst. Seriously, you guys are some of the most wishwashy bandwagon country out there. All right, now come on, think about this, guys. Let let's think about this. Okay, it's the USA. We we did win a gold medal against the Soviet Union in the 1980 with a bunch of college players. All right. And we believe in the underdog. America is an underdog country. We love the underdog. But come on, think about it. You really think that Kazakhstan has anybody who is NHL caliber? Let me look at the roster. No, there's not one. Not one from Kazakhstan, but I guarantee you they believe, the people of Kazakhstan believe with all of their hearts, all of their soul, that this team that Kazakhstan has put on the ice is going to be the best team it can be and possibly upset somebody in Group B. And that there's people in Kazakhstan right now who believe they can upset Canada. There's people in Kazakhstan right now Believing that they can beat somebody else in Group B or even make it to the quarterfinals with the players that they have who are not NHL caliber, who are not from an NHL club, who are from whatever freaking league this is. I don't even recognize any of the names. They're not KHL. They're not anything HL. 
I don't know what they are. And that looks like most of them are coming from like two teams. And you got two teams from whatever league that are coming together to play on this team. And that, but they believe. Canada, you guys cannot believe in your country to win a hockey tournament unless it is NHL talent. If it's prospects, if it's college, if it's AHL affiliate players who may have seen a game once or twice in the NHL, may have dressed once or twice in the NHL, you do not believe. You like the odds to be stacked in your favor. And that is why me as an American and that is why me and other people who are Americans, when it comes to tournaments like this and we see the roster that you have stacked like this, we absolutely cannot stand it. And that is why we say, oh, Canada, you suck. Thank you, Canada, for listening to Drop the Gloves podcast. We do appreciate your your uh, listenership. However, since this is the World Championships and the NHL playoffs are still going on, one, go USA, two, if any Canada team is going to win the Stanley Cup this year, I'd rather it be Edmonton over Toronto. Yeah, I said it. If, if Canada is going to win their first cup for the first time since 1993, then that, wow, 30 years. Wow, what a span. Uh, but if you can do it, I'd rather it be Edmonton. I really would. I, I really would prefer Edmonton because if it's Toronto, oh my gosh. The obnoxiousness of Col of Toronto is just... It, I can't even put it into words. Toronto fans, you are so obnoxious. You are the worst out of all the Canadian fans out there. It, you really are. And uh, you are absolutely the worst. It doesn't matter what your team does. You are just the most obnoxious, obnoxious Canadian fans ever. Uh, all right. That's enough for me. That That's it. USA, come on, baby. We want the gold medal. Let's do it. Canada, you suck, but thank you for listening. Going to take another quick break. Going to get grab another beer for whatever else I can talk about with the remaining time that I have. So we'll be right back after this. <laughs> We are back. Welcome, guys, for last call or last segment, whatever this is. I have moved on to the Braxton Igniter Maybach. Braxton being out of Covington, Kentucky. This is their tr traditional German Maybach, and it is... Looking for it. 7.2% alcohol by volume. So I went from 4.4 to 5.3 to now 7.2. I skipped the sixes and said, you know what? Let's go big, baby. All right. So let's see here what we can talk about here in the last uh, couple minutes on that before uh, time runs out. So the NFL has came out with schedules this past weekend. Um. It was, I, to be honest with you, was I the only one who was like waiting on pins and needles and that for this thing to drop? 
I mean, it was like, I mean, come on, you're going to announce it on Thursday, and it's like, well, come on, get to it already. I mean, the, people can take lunch breaks. People get notifications on their phones all the time. Why did we have to wait until almost me living on the um, Eastern Standard Time part of the U.S.? Why did I have to wait until about 8.20 p.m. to find out what the schedules were going to be? What, why, why do we have to wait so long? I mean, now, was I, like, glued to my phone? Was I hoping that eventually I'd get a notification like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, the NFL schedule's out. Oh, my gosh, the NFL schedule is out. No, I'm not that kind of person. But at the same time, I'm thinking, okay, come on, guys. Any day now would be great. Any day now. You know, if you said you're going to do it this day, come on. Any any time. No, you wait until primetime Eastern Standard time zone. but people in california it's four o'clock so it's like hey we're getting off work happy note uh it just doesn't make any sense why does the eastern part of the u.s have to suffer for the convenience of the west coast i truly believe it is uh biased it really is so there are probably teams out there or uh, games that you guys are all looking forward to i am living in the greater cincinnati area so therefore I'm going to focus on the Cincinnati Bengals, who quite possibly could be the 2023-2024 AFC champions. Just saying. And I mentioned it last week on the dra um, about the draft, about the guy saying you guys are going to come play in Cincinnati uh, for the AFC championship. And, man, I kind of hope he's right. I really I really do. It'd just be so fun. I mean, you're poking the you're poking the whole AFC going, come on, guys, no coin flip this year. Uh, let's hope not. So uh, Cincinnati Bengals uh, week three, they will play the Los Angeles Rams on Monday night football. So a two year um, Super Bowl uh, rematch in the making. Let's see here. They also play um they play Baltimore on Thursday night football, November 16th. And then um give it another 10 days, they'll play Schittsburgh. And that at uh not Paul Brown, it's Paycor. I have to get used to saying Paycor. They also play big game, big game at the end of the season, week 17, at Kansas City. New Year's Eve, 4.25 p.m. Mark it on your calendars now, guys. Mark it on your calendar. What are you going to be doing on New Year's Eve between 4 o'clock and 8 o'clock before the ball drops? You are going to be watching Kansas City versus Cincinnati in what quite possibly could be a preview of the AFC Championship game once again. Three years in a row, what we could potentially be seeing is another repeat. Cincinnati Bengals play, let's see here, they play the Rams, Cardinals, uh, Arizona Cardinals, Seattle Seahawks, and the San Francisco 49ers. So all four teams out of the um, NFC West. And then they also play... Um, they play Houston, Jacksonville, Indianapolis. So they play all four teams from the AFC South. Wow. I, I mean, last year they played everybody from the NFC North. 
And they played everybody from the AFC something. I mean, besides their own division. Duh. Um, I can't remember. But um, looking at this schedule, Cleveland, Baltimore, L.A., Tennessee, Arizona, Seattle, bye week, San Francisco, Buffalo, Houston, Baltimore. Buffalo is going to be a really good game. And they're and Buffalo's coming to Cincinnati. Oh, that's going to be a really good game. It's going to be a makeup game, baby. There's going to be so much pressure. There's going to be so much emotion in that game. Um, Buffalo, Houston, Baltimore, uh, Schittsburg, Jacksonville, Indianapolis, Minnesota, Schittsburg again, Kansas City, and then finally ending the season uh, with Cleveland on January 7th. I could see Bengals going maybe, uh, what is this? So there's 18 weeks, but 17 games. So I'm going to say Bengals go, I'm going to say Bengals go 13 and four, 13 and four, and they'll win the North again. Baltimore does scare me a little bit. And the only reason why Baltimore does scare me um, is because, not because of Lamar, it's because of Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham Jr., who played for the L.A. Rams back in the 2021 Super Bowl and Bengals losing, it definitely does hurt in terms of the fact that Odell Beckham Jr. is going to play for Baltimore, and Baltimore and Bengals will play twice because they are division rivals. Duh, you got to play each division team twice. Makeup of the schedule. Um, first game against Baltimore, it's going to be week two at Paycor Stadium, and then they will play Baltimore in week 11 at Baltimore on Thursday night football. I, I could see them splitting the series. I could see them splitting the series. Cincinnati wins possibly at Paycor Stadium in week two and then lose on Thursday night football. Schittsburg, I'm not worried about. Cleveland, I'm not worried about. Both both games against those teams should be not even even. Should should be clean sweep. And that uh, the teams that I think that they could lose to in a 13-4 would be possibly L.A., uh, possibly Seattle, possibly Minnesota, and then possibly Kansas City. Although I would say if I would rather lose to Kansas City on New Year's Eve if that meant that the Bengals would learn something from Kansas City and then play Kansas City in the AFC Championship and then beat Kansas City in the AFC Championship and then go to the Super Bowl. I'd rather lose in the regular season to them than lose in the postseason. I think every Cincinnati Bengal fan would agree with me on that. I really do. That's the Bengals schedule. I'm predicting 13-4. and four. All right, finally, let's get to our last thing here. This is about three weeks old. I'm sorry for the delay, um, but other things were important at the time. Oakland Athletics are possibly moving to Vegas. The athletics organization has, it's almost a done deal to where that they have purchased an agreement of 49 acres, parcel of land, um, off the strip of Las Vegas. Woo! Beer is kicking in, guys. So the team has acquired land in Vegas. Um, 
There's no news on when they will break ground on the ballpark just yet. There's still a lot of insignificant details, including like politics, you know, state, local politics. But this is a massive deal for the franchise of uh, Oakland. Um, A lot of people are saying that this is a good chance for Oakland or for the athletics organization to be more competitive in Vegas. This will be the third major uh, sports team that Vegas has acquired since the Vegas Golden Knights in 2018 or 2017. I mean, they, they, they got Vegas first. They got a hockey team first. Oakland Raiders moved to Vegas in the 2020 season. And now you're going to have the Oakland athletics. The only thing you're, the only thing Vegas is going to be missing is a basketball team. And how long do we have to wait until Vegas gets a basketball team? I wonder. So there's so much to still be worked out. The A's have worked with Clark County, the state legislature, and Nevada Governor Joe Lombardo, calling the conversations with the parties ongoing and positive. Uh, there's rumors that they are going to tear down the um, Tropicana, I believe is the name of it. Let me double check that real quick. But there's rumors. Yes, um, the A's have made a deal to demolish the Tropicana and build a $1.5 billion ballpark on the Las Vegas Strip. Now, the 49 acres, they did say that it's not all going to be used for the ballpark. They said 15 acres of that would be used to make the stadium itself, and then the rest would be used for more of a— I can't find it, but the, they said they would use it for more of a retail space. And uh, so what's the timeline for this move? Uh, the Nevada legislature uh, session ends in July of this year. If the A's and the government can strike a public-private partnership, the next step will be for the A's to file for relocation with the MLB. If the commissioner's office approves, the A's will need a vote by owners to codify the move. If all of this gets done before January of next year, 2020-24, the team can break ground on the new stadium by the fall by that year, 2024, and then possibly have a season opener in 2027. Um, of course, the A's lease in Oakland is up after 2024, so even if all goes according to plan, where will the A's play in 2025? And according to ownership, the A's have negotiated a deal with the Las Vegas Aviators, their AAA affiliate, to potentially use the their Las Vegas ballpark for the home game starting in the year 2025. And for those of you who are wondering, it are the A's going to keep the name? Um, the athletics, they are ownership has said that they will come that they will keep the name, the athletics. It has been a staple since 1901 when they first came into existence and chartered the American league. And so they're not going to break from tradition. I think that's a good idea. Oakland, I'm sorry to see this happen to you. Um, I mean, I, I don't really know what else to say, except that I'm sorry to see this happen to where you can't come up with an agreement to build a actual like waterfront ballpark uh, like the Giants have. It kind of sucks. But at the same time, it almost feels like this move was inevitable because there have been talks between uh, ownership and Vegas 
in other markets for a while now. So, and I know the Oakland fans have tried their best uh, to like show support and say it's not the fans' fault for why the team is not doing bad or why attendance is down or anything. I mean, they even had like what was it, a reverse protest or something i can't remember what it was or walkout reverse walkout instead of having the seats empty for whatever game they actually ended up selling out the game so it wasn't the fans so the fans wanted to make sure that it to the organization or to the city of oakland they wanted to make sure that it wasn't them that was the problem it's not i don't believe it's the fans problem i believe if you can't work out a deal with the city and the organization to build an actual oceanfront stadium with whatever funds you can come up with, that's on them. The fans have no part of this. The fans are stuck in the middle. They have to go wherever they go. And unfortunately, Oakland Raiders, unfortunately, Oakland Athletic fans now, they all have to watch from their couch. Or they have to go across the bay and go and watch San Francisco now and be a San Francisco Giant fan. I mean, that sucks, guys. I'm sorry. I mean, if the Reds would move, let's put it this way. If the Cincinnati Reds would ever move from Cincinnati, and let's say they go down the river to Louisville, or maybe they go somewhere else, uh, Columbus. Let's say they go up the road to Columbus. Absolutely, it would suck. Because now all those Cincinnati people would have to travel a whole lot more. All those Northern Kentucky people would have to travel a whole lot more to get to Columbus and watch a baseball game. Instead of going to Cincinnati. I, 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 it sucks. I'm sorry, guys, that this is, it, this is what has happened. And I was a big fan of the movie Moneyball and the whole Billy Bean. And, I mean, Brad Pitt did probably too good of a job portraying him. Probably, yeah, it, it was a dramatization, like we, like I said. It's a movie. Not everything is real in movies. It was all based on a true story. But Billy Bean being part of still the athletics organization, being part of the front office. I mean, with the movie like Moneyball, now looking back, it's like, wow. You had, I mean, they've had so many opportunities to build a team that was worth, you know, fighting for. And to see it now all come down to, hey, give it another four four to five years and it's no longer o oakland athletics it's going to be the las vegas athletics it's kind of sad when you look at it from that way so i'm sorry oakland i know it's a sad day or a sad year to be an oakland a's fan i kind of hope now oakland kind of lights a fire under their own ass and they just i don't know somehow can pull salvage a really good season but then again, this is all uh, front office, management, ownership, politics, and everything that's going on. It has nothing to do with the fans. So even if the team did good or even if the fans showed up for, from now to the rest of the season, it wouldn't matter. Everything's in the hands of management and ownership, the people who are actually making the calls. It's not up to the people. It's not up to the fans, and that's sad.
All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it here in the penalty box for episode 120. Thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at Drop the Gloves Podcast, all lowercase, all one word. Check us out over there for all the beer, sports, and shenanigans that take place in between these episodes. Special shout out to Spotify for Podcasters, our hosting platform. Thank you guys for 120 episodes strong. We are also on Apple, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Google. F you, Google. I am your host, Charlie, and I will see you guys next time in the penalty box. At this-